Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. Ezekiel, like the books of Daniel, which is also in the Old Testament, and Revelation in the New Testament, is a book of signs and figures typifying important spiritual realities. It begins with a storm wind and a cloud, with a fire, out from which is a golden silver glowing called the electrum. And out of these four comes an indelible image, an image of four living creatures joined together to produce one corporate expression. The details of these four living creatures occupy much of Ezekiel chapter 1, and each of the details is worth our examination because each aspect of this mysterious image reveals much about God's purpose as well as about our genuine experience of Him in the Christian walk and life. Let's remember from our previous program that each of these four living creatures itself has four faces. Here's verse 10 of chapter 1. As for the likeness of their faces, they had the face of a man, and the four of them had the face of a lion on the right side, and the four of them had the face of an ox on the left side, and the four of them had the face of an eagle. Francis Ball is with us as we come back to this image of the four living creatures And we'll go into more of the details today. But Francis, because this is such an important vision, one of those almost like the great image in Daniel chapter 2 that we've talked about so many times, but it's one of those uh, vivid images from the Old Testament that has a lot of spiritual significance. So it's, it's worth getting well acquainted with this image of the four living creatures. How about these four faces? We've got four living creatures, each with the face of a man, but each also bearing the face of a lion and an ox and an eagle. Maybe you could say something. It's quite amazing to me as I got into this again. This really is a prefigure of what we see opened up in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. Mm. The lion in Ezekiel typifies Christ in his kingship, which is what Matthew is all about in the New Testament. And then Mark, of course, the next Gospel, is related to an ox. We have the serving one in Mark. And then Luke, of course, his emphasis is on humanity of Jesus. Right. So that's the picture of a man. Mm-hmm. So you have those three things. The eagle in Ezekiel typifies the life of God as it's depicted in the Gospel of John. So you have all these three Gospels plus John. You have a, a full picture of Christ as he's manifested in the New Testament. But these are figures in the Old Testament to give us a picture of what we are in Christ in so many different aspects. Well, one of the things we'll see today is that the eagle reappears. We have both the face of an eagle, which is on the back of each of these four, uh, which, as you said, is uh, symbolizes the same as the Gospel of John does, the transcendent, the divine life of God being the strength and power of the four living creatures. But also the eagle's wings are a big part of this image, uh, aren't they? And we see that these uh, creatures each have four wings, two of which are joined 
two wings of the other four living creatures, connecting them in this perfect uh, cube or square. But the other two wings are covering each of these four individual creatures, which uh, also is significant as we'll see today. Let's look at verses 5 and 6 now. We're still in chapter 1. Uh, we want to get into more of these details. Witness Lee will help us understand the spiritual significance of more of these uh, symbols and figures. And from the midst of it, this referring to the fire and the electrum in verse 4, and from the midst of it there came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man, and every one had four faces, and every one of them had four wings. All right, here's Witness Lee as we uh, join him for our first portion. In the first chapter of Ezekiel, we have this picture. Four faces in front as a man, on the right as a lion, and on the left as an ox, and at the rear as an eagle. It really looked like a monster, but if it is spiritually applied, it is more than meaningful. It says here, on every side there is the eagle's wing, and under the eagle's wing there is the man's hand. And then it goes on in telling us the feet are straight feet. You know, man has feet. But man's feet are not straight. And the lion has paws with claws. And the eagle has also the claws. The ox has the straight feet. Not the man's feet, nor the lion's paws, nor the eagle's claws, but the ox's feet. Eagle's wings in the Bible really means the strength of God to us. We have seen even in Exodus chapter 19 verse 4. God said to his people, I brought you out of Egypt. Just like an eagle put all his little ones on his wings. This is the strength of God. Then we turn to New Testament. The interpretation in the New Testament of the eagle wings is the grace, the power, the strength of God in Christ to us. We have this treasure in the earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be not of us, but of God. What is this? This is the eagle's wings. Four wings. Two for what? For moving. Two wings are for moving. Joining one to another. And this joining is for moving. And the other two are for covering. You see, if you look at his face, he's a man. If you look at his body, he's an eagle. You may express yourself all the time as a man. Yet, when people look at you, they will realize, my, with you, there's something powerful, something empowering, something strengthening, and something protecting, something covering, 
something overshadowing. Francis, we've got the face of the man, which is the outer expression of uh, each of the four living creatures. But in each case, their bodies are covered by these eagle's wings, uh, one of the pair of wings covering them, sort of crossing in front. You sort of get that picture, I guess. The other pair of wings attaching them to the other living creature that is next to them on either side. This attached set of wings typifies God's move, and to be in God's move, we really do need to be connected, don't we, one to another? Yes, without this connection, there's no real way for God to move on the earth. So it's very significant that these wings cover us, and also they empower us. Right. But with these wings, we also have the face of a man. So this is a combination of God as the power and the covering, and man as the expression, expressed in the human way. He mentioned this verse in Exodus that we touched uh, briefly in our previous program, verse 19.4, when God was rescuing the children of Israel uh, out of Egypt, he says he bore them up on wings of an eagle and yeah. brought them to himself. And so the, the wings of an eagle here really do typify or figure prefigure for us God in his power of, to man, right? And how we experience God in a kind of a strengthening and an empowering way. Yes, indeed. This is really true. And it's not only true in according to the Bible, but now it's true in our experience that he really covers us and empowers us. I like also, Francis, his uh, connecting this portion to Paul's utterance in Second Corinthians chapter 4. Always has been one of my favorite verses in uh, all of the Bible. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. That's the face of the man, isn't it? Yes. But the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. This must refer to the wings of the eagle. This is really a New Testament application with a New Testament disciple or apostle with the Old Testament experience. Yeah, really so. Francis, let's go on to look at some more of the details now. Uh, You mentioned this earlier. Let's read the verse in chapter 1, again, verses 8 and 9. And the hands of a man were under the wings on their four sides. And the four of them had their faces and their wings thus. Their wings were joined one to another, and they did not turn as they went. Each went straight forward. And Witness Lee will also make reference, uh, Francis, in this portion that we're going to hear now, to another verse in the New Testament, Acts chapter 20, verse 34, talking about hands. Again, this is Paul. He said, You yourselves know that these hands have ministered to my needs and to those who are with me. Paul talked a lot about working with his hands. And again, this uh, image of the four living creatures under these wings of the eagle covering each of the four were a set of genuine human hands. And that's very meaningful as we're about to find out. So let's go back to Witness Lee. Under the wings, you have the man's hands. A proper, a normal Christian always has to do things exactly as a man. You have to do things as a man. You have to use man's hands. Paul says, my two hands all the time worked, ministered unto my necessities and unto all the need of my co-workers. You know, we need the balance. Sometimes 
we may not have this faith. Sometimes we may have the faith. When we have the faith in God, we would say, well, God is almighty. God is so rich. God could afford to supply all our need. Then there's no need for me to use my hand to do anything. But you look at the Apostle Paul. Paul says, I am what I am. Not by my wisdom, but by the grace of God. Right? And the grace of God is with me, not in vain. But I labor more than all the apostles. Then you may think, as such, there's no need for Paul to work with his own hands. No. Paul, on the other hand, has to work with his own hands. He had to take the human way. You know, sometimes young people may have this imagination that as you are seeking the Lord so much, there's no need for you to study hard. When the test comes, surely you will pass and get A+. Plus. I say a strong no to you. No. Regardless how much you seek the Lord, regardless how much you love the Lord, regardless how much you are for the Lord, you still have to study to prepare your lessons. You still have to study hard. In other words, regardless how much grace of God is with us, regardless how much the Lord is empowering us, we have to do our human duty. This is the balance. You know, the worldly people, they only have the man's hand. They don't have the ego's wings. But so many so-called religious people, they seemingly have the ego's wings, but they don't have the man's hand. But we need to have the wings and the hand. Francis, uh, another impressive side of this image, the wings uh, covering the eagle's wings, but underneath are the hands of a man. Oh, I was really impressed with this reference to Paul's testimony, speaking about these hands. He was talking about his own hands. They labored. He labored not only to supply his own needs, but those of those that were with him. So we do need to have a human way of handling everything in this life. But it must be with hands that have been under the wings of the eagle. Yeah, you know, Francis, he makes this uh, comment, uh, which I could relate to very much. Thinking back to my you know, early days as a Christian, I got saved as a young person, college age. And uh, a lot of us, uh, there was a, quite a move of the Lord at that time with many getting saved out of our generation. And there was a real tendency to think that, well, God is just going to take care of everything, and many quit school and gave up their jobs, and that was interesting. It was like uh, young birds trying to fly when their wings aren't quite yet developed, yeah, right. and uh, you seem like you're flying for a little while, but we'll, a lot of us crashed and hit the ground and then had to go back and pick up the pieces and learn how to work with our hands That's again. Right. Uh, it, this is really, again, the Apostle Paul just seems to be the pattern that's the living out of this very spiritual image that we're getting from the Old Testament prophet Ezekiel. Uh, Paul's example is very, very applicable or accurate as we're seeing uh, from Ezekiel's image, isn't it? This is really a balanced 
believer that has the power of the eagle's wings, but also the practicality of working with his hands to supply his own needs and those of others. So I think this is quite uh, significant in this whole passage. All these aspects of the eagle's wings, the man's hands, and the other things that we'll see in this message also put together, make a normal Christian life. Sometimes we are just in ourselves and how we think the normal Christian life is supposed to be lived. We're so unbalanced. You know, we either are just all wings or all hands. We're, yeah. either, we're either waiting for God to do everything or we're trying to do everything. But it's really our hands, but the eagle's wings are really the, the power all the time, yes, aren't that's they? that's right. That's the balance. Taking the human way and doing things in a human way is really God's way. Yeah. God made, created man, and he didn't discard him. But even though the enemy came in and damaged him, God's purpose is still with man. Right. And this means even man's hands. Wow. Marvelous picture. Well, not only are the hands significant in this image, but if we uh, take a look at verse 7, we find out that their feet were straight, and the sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot. And they sparkled like the sight of burnished bronze. Uh, This matter of the calf's foot, the four living creatures, Francis, didn't have the feet of a lion, the paws of a lion, right, or the claws uh, of a lion or an eagle, nor did they even have a man's foot. They had a calf's cloven foot. Uh, And we want to find out about uh, the significance of that. And I think a verse that will help us understand that, another New Testament reference from the Apostle Paul in Colossians chapter 9, he said, Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his practices. Well, what does lying have to do with having a calf's foot or hoof? We're about (laughs) to find out here. Here's Winsley once more. We come to the third aspect, the calf's hooves. We all have to walk as the calves on their straight feet. Men's feet are good, but a little bit crooked. Not so straight, not so sincere. The Lord Jesus is really straight. All those Pharisees, they did have the men's feet. A little bit crooked, not so straight. But the Lord Jesus' feet were what? The calves' hooves. No crookedness. You read the four Gospels, you just can see in the Lord's life while he was on this earth, whatever he did, wherever he went, the way he walked was so straight. And we should be walking in this way today. We brothers and sisters all need to be frank, to be honest, to be faithful, to be sincere, to be simple, and to be single. Yes, we say yes. No, we say no. The calves' hooves are not only straight. The calves' hooves are cloven, are divided. And uh, according to Leviticus, Chapter 11, any animal that is not with the cloven hoof is not clean. Divided hooves signify in our work 
We need the proper discernment to divide, to discern the right things, the clean things, from the wrong things, from the unclean things. So this is the Christian work. The Christian life must be alive with the eagle wings and the man's hands. And the Christian work must be work of the calf's hoofs. May the Lord impress us with all these aspects that we may have the proper coordinated life. Okay, Francis, let's come to the feet. Now, the feet, as we mentioned, and we just heard Witness Lee uh, speak, are not the feet of a man. Of course, in one sense, a man's feet are good, uh, but men do have a tendency to not always walk in a straight line. There's a lot of cleverness. There's a lot of deception. There's a lot of things that are not quite straight that seem to be very much typical of how men walk, given their own uh, devices. It's quite interesting that man's foot is really not that straight, yeah. like a calf's foot, and right. especially a cloven foot. That would indicate some need for coordination. But this, this is one of the things that struck me very much in this whole matter. The different figures that are used to describe a believer who is under the wings of the eagle and has the hands of a man and walking in a human way with the feet of a calf he could actually be not at all related to the serpent. Nothing sneaky, nothing pretended, and nothing trying to uh, outdo others, but always serving one another in a coordinated way. This is the kind of walk that God intends for man to have. So these figures are very significant for our learning and for our seeing how a believer should be. Yeah, he listed a few, uh, and I wrote these down because I was impressed with them, aspects of a man's proper straight walk. He, first, he has to be frank, honest, faithful, sincere, simple, and single. His yes should mean yes, and his no should mean no. These are good words for parents. I would uh, have liked to have had these stressed, I think, more when my kids were young, but also just in the way we conduct ourselves. There's a lack of these kind of aspects, aren't there, uh, among men in their everyday dealings one with another? Yes, I'm afraid that is true, both from the negative side but also from the positive side. Our hoofs will be like shining brass if we really have this kind of walk and will be such a blessing to mankind. Francis, um, the pictures are so vivid and they typify so much once we begin to see and have it opened up to us. It'd be good to have a lot more time to sit here and, 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 and share one with another to help bring these things out. But we're out of time. I do want to recommend to our listeners, uh, this is one of those life studies where the more you go over these things, the more you see this and get into it, the more vivid and clear the picture begins to become and yes. the more depth uh, and insight we get. It seems like our feet take on a burnished brass quality as we yes. handle these things. So I think the printed life study messages, I think I'm sure you'd recommend as well. Very, very helpful to all the listeners that are benefiting and enjoying these programs. Yes, I would certainly suggest and recommend that the life study messages be ordered, read, and experienced. Absolutely. If you'd like to get the printed volume covering the book of Ezekiel, uh, you can call us toll-free. Our number is one eight 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 life study 
888-543-3788. Or you can write to us. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. You can also visit our website, which is just simply www.lsm.org. We have all of the life studies there available to be read online, so you can actually read the life studies on your uh, computer screen if you'd like. Uh, Find out many of the other resources available, and also download or listen to the radio broadcasts on past programs that you've missed. So if you've missed any of these Ezekiel programs, you can find them all online. Again, that's lsm.org. That is all the time we have today. We hope you'll join us for our next program for Francis Ball. I'm Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening. Millions of Christians have been strengthened in their faith through the ministry of Watchman Nee. In a recent release by Living Stream Ministry entitled The Overcoming Life, Watchman Nee sounds a call to the believers to pursue the normal Christian life that is hidden with God in Christ. The overcoming life is filled with truth, reverberates with hope, and brings the reader to renewed consecration. The Overcoming Life by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788. That's 1-888-543-3788.